Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. Appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be a little weird, Robbie, if uh, Brupolo was in Pendorf. It would be a little weird. Mm. It sounds like a place in England. It's not. It does, though. Yeah. If I told you that, uh, oh, right there, Governor, we're headed up to Pendorf. Spot of tea. Yeah. You have a spot of tea from uh, Strange Brew in Pendorf. It's Strange Brew tea over in England. Across the pond, it's a a tea place. Yeah, I agree with that. And later on today, we're going to go watch Morecambe and Notts County over in Pendorf. And the I'll be your wish. I'll be your fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite TikToks now. When that pops up, I have to watch it every single time. The drunk guy singing Savage yeah. Garden. Uh, it's good yes. Stuff. I'll be everything that you need. Truly madly. Huge uh, Savage Garden fan. I don't know if you knew that or not. They're like uh, in a pub, like getting yeah. ready to go to like the soccer match. Yeah. Ah, wherever you are in our great country, or if you are across the pond, we will get Strange Brew Coffee to you. It's a click away at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. If you're across the pond in, in Pendorf, Mississippi. Yeah, I think I think we should look into the idea of Strange Brew Tea for, for, our, for our English listeners. We have English listeners. But not the, not that, that pyramid scheme nutrition no, stuff. It's like tea. loaded with sugar. Real teas. Like the no, real no, tea. Not nutritional teas. We're talking about yes. teas you, you dip your biscuit into. And not, not Pendorf, an American biscuit. Yeah. Pendorf is in Jones County yeah. in Laurel. Yeah. So our, our friend Nathan Taylor can give us a few uh, pointers on Pendorf. There you go. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. Guys, it is really that simple. They've got it all. They've got an incredible selection of clothes, of stuff for the car, the house, the tailgate, anything Mississippi State. They've got it at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area, original by Fleet Feet, flowed by half, the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starville's flagship restaurant this weekend. Make sure you've got a trip to Restaurant Tyler on your to-do list, and I would think Sunday brunch might be the one to hit, but that's late kickoff on a 
on Saturday, get up early on Sunday morning, get to church, and then head over to Sunday brunch and enjoy yourself. Gorge yourself. You know, you go to church, you shouldn't gorge, but I think the Lord will allow it when it's delicious. That's what I've I've come to accept. So gorge yourself. Yes, yes. With avarice. So whenever you uh whenever you're in Starkville, if you don't have a trip to restaurant Tyler on the on the docket, uh, you didn't really come to Starkville. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi here to serve you guys. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the one near you. If you live in Central Mississippi, you live near a Priority One branch, and that means you can be a part of your community bank. Banking locally is just as important as shopping locally and eating locally. If you're already a Priority One customer, you know how great the Priority One Bank app is. It's smooth. It's streamlined. You do a lot more on there than just move your money around. Check them out today. Find a location near you and start a relationship with Priority One Bank. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. We're gonna be we're gonna be aggressive on today's show, Robbie, but not towards each other. Not towards each other. We're gonna talk about Mississippi State, Alabama. You know, we we coaches. It's almost a cliche that you know play with nothing to lose and so on and so forth. And it really bothers me when I see a coach talk about be aggressive and play with nothing to lose. And then you know. First drive of the game, they drive out to like the forty-seven yard line, fourth and one. Now let's punt it away. I can't, I can't handle that to be honest with you. So here's what I know about Zach Arnett. He's an aggressive man by nature. If you don't believe me, just refer back to the interview I did with him in uh, March, where he was very aggressive towards me. Or I my know. interview with him on your show, or my question the other day, or right. basically anytime you and I ever talk man, to him. The man has a pilot light that doesn't take a lot to get to get going. I want to see that this weekend from Mississippi State. I think you got to play this Alabama game. Look, yeah, you don't have to do what Leach did last year and go for it on fourth and eight from your from your fifteen or whatever that was. But aggression in the in the offense and the game plan. I think Mississippi State should really try and keep a lot of what they did last week in the game plan. Now you'd like to run the ball more, obviously, in terms of like, be more productive in it. But those vertical shots need to stay in there. And then, Robbie, I'm just of the belief that no matter what state does, they're going to get beat deep. So you might as well try and get after the quarterback. I would be blitzing nonstop, especially a quarterback like Milrow, who hasn't really shown you the ability to make those quick decisions just yet. I'm coming after him every play. Do you you like? Is this the way you would go? Would you be an aggressive game planner for this one? Oh, absolutely. I think that's the only way to beat Alabama is play – like there's nothing to lose. Play aggressive, play loose, take shots uh, defensively. Like like you said, if you sit back in coverage against them, they're just going to pick you apart. Doesn't matter. So you might as well take some take some uh, risk with some blitz, all out blitz stuff like that. It's going to make some people mad because undeniably there's going to be a safety on uh, Jermaine Burton or something, but. What does it matter? You're going to give up those big shots anyway. So you might as well put pressure yeah. on Milrow, force him into mistakes, things like that. I think you have to do that. If you look at every single upset that someone has had on Alabama, they've taken chances. They've taken risk. You can't beat Alabama by just squaring them up and going head-to-head against them. It's yeah. it's not going to happen. You don't have the dudes for it, and there's no way to to win that game. And we've seen that from Mississippi State. We've seen them be conservative try to play it safe, doesn't work against Alabama. You know, you talk about having a safety on, on Jermaine Burton. I don't trust the corners to cover him. So right. what difference does it make? You know, that that there's a lot of 
it, it, it may seem like a little defeatist, but there's a lot of shrugging your shoulders here and saying, well, can't do anything about it anyway, so we might as well try this, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of, hey, we're not going to be able to just play defense and field position, so let's just come after them every play. And if they score, they score. They were going to score. If we had just played our base defense, they were going to score anyway. Teams have been doing it all year on Mississippi State. Offensively, you know, what you did against LSU didn't work at all. What you did against Arizona, by and large, didn't really work at all. You only had 31 points in overtime with five turnovers. You had five extra possessions and couldn't get anything going. So throw it up there, man. Let Tulu Griffin and Justin Robinson and Xavion Thomas and, and make some plays for you. I think Tulu Griffin this week, you know, he had uh, seven catches last week, but I think he only had one carry. I'm going to get him two or three more carries. I'm going to try to get Xavion Thomas a carry. I'm going to try to get Creed Whittemore a carry. I'm going to do whatever I've got to do. I'm going to, I'm going to empty. I'm going to completely empty the chamber on the on Alabama this week. Whatever I've got, I'm not worried about putting things on film. I'm not worried about what happens down the road. I'm going to throw everything at trying to win this game. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think that, that, again, that is the only way to handle Alabama. And you, you've had 15 straight years of this doing it the other way. Why not try out a little something different? Because – there hasn't been a whole lot of games where I've seen Mississippi State come out there against Alabama and just let it all hang out and just kind of play loose and not worry about, you know, doing something wrong and things like that. I thought that they played pretty aggressively on the offensive side of the ball against South Carolina, and we saw what happened. Yes, they made a couple of mistakes. They had a couple of turnovers, but they scored 30 points on the road in the SEC. They did enough offensively to win that game. No question. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you take away the two intercept – the well, one of them was a fumble, but you take away the interception and the fumble, and, yes, State probably has a chance to win that game. But do they have a chance to win the ball game had they not been aggressive, taking 50-yard passes out of the offense? I don't think so. They had four plays of 30 or more yards. I don't think with that mindset of Will Rogers just coming out and slinging it, I don't think if you take that away that they score 30 points. If, you, if they don't turn the ball over, but they play conservatively, 21 points maybe in that game, maybe 14, 17 points. The, the 30 points came from them playing with that kind of mindset. Yeah. And with that mindset comes mistakes in the game. You can't be worried about that. You got to be worried about catching Alabama off guard. And and just, just so you know, you can play conservative and still make mistakes. Yes, you know, that's that's why state. That's why I really think state needs to have that mindset of it doesn't matter what we do in terms of being conservative, being aggressive. We can still make mistakes. We're not talented enough to just win this game on talent. So we have to try. We have to. We really put ourselves out there. That needs to be the mindset Mississippi State has for this game. Um, and I hope to see it because I mean, quite honestly, yeah. And it, this sort of goes back to what we talked about on Monday. When you're a team that you feel like, hey, you're beat before you get on the field, you don't want to be aggressive. You just want to get out of there. And hopefully that's what Arnett is preaching in practice this week is that we're not there. We're not scared of this team anymore. We're not going to be afraid. We're going to go out there and give them our absolute best shot. I want to see that. It's been too long since I've seen a Mississippi State team give Alabama its best shot. It's been six years since we've seen something like that. I mean, that 18 team, 19, 20, 18 may have given them their best shot defensively. They did about yeah. everything. They, they had the best game that anybody had against that team all year defensively. But mm-hmm. offensively, but, they but never felt like you were in the game. No, never in the like game. The first was, possession when you should have had a fumble 
Exactly. But they didn't call. I mean, you just oh, never well. felt. Let's not get into that now, shall we? But the but in that game, look back at what they did offensively. Super conservative. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing in there that was, you know, too exciting. They weren't taking shots, and I, I don't think that, you know, it wasn't like they were in, in seventeen. It's not like they were coming out there with a bunch of trick plays and stuff. I thought State just came out there with a different kind of energy, and were more aggressive in what they were doing. They were winning battles up front. They just came out and kind of bullied Alabama a little bit, but they don't have those kind of players in this offense right now. That offensive line was was mean. The runners were mean. You know, you had Nick Fitzgerald and Aries Williams. Both those guys ran hard. They could challenge Alabama in a weak part of their defense that year, which was the linebacking crew. Yeah. I don't think State has those kind of players in this. They got to be a little more finesse. And what I'm interested in this year, you talk about the weak part of their defense. I feel like for Alabama, that's the secondary. I mean, they have Kool Aid McKinstry back there, and he's really, really good. But, you know, teams have been able to find some open pass plays against them. But I worry about State's offensive line holding up long enough for Will to be able to do that. Like this Alabama front is really, really good. They've got talent. I mean, we, we said that this isn't your typical Alabama defense, but it might be your typical Alabama defensive line. They are really mm-hmm. good up there. They've got a lot of NFL guys that on that in that front uh, in that front seven for for Alabama. So that, that that's going to be an interesting matchup. But again, you know, for Mississippi State, if they just play base, they're going to lose by forty. Yeah. If they, if they're not aggressive, you know. And here's the thing: you might be aggressive and still lose by forty, mm-hmm. but you at least feel like you gave it your best effort. I, I don't think anybody can watch what Mississippi State did a season ago and say that was State's best effort, or anything for the last five years, to be honest with you. Watch that game and say, State gave everything in that game and just came up short. You could certainly say it about 2017. They they came up short. but I think you said about the game, defense last year, too. Maybe so, yeah. they played. That well. was one of the better defensive games I think they've had in this Ooh. series in the last 10 years. Big breaking news from the NBA. Oh, what Dame is going to the Bucks. Who? Damian Leonard? Yeah. Dame and the Greek freak on the same squad. Oof. Oh my God. That's a, that's tough. That's a tough wow. squad. Wow. 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 Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They're trying to win. Hold on. I want to make sure that this isn't that John didn't get get God on. That's that's blue check mark. No, that's that's, that's a Woj. That's Woj. Yeah. I mean, I was making sure it wasn't a fake Woj. Six million followers. That's him. That's him. That's him. Wow. That is incredible. What a trade. Wow. So, All right. that's an aggressive trade. You got to be aggressive. See? The Bucks are listening to us. Yes. So, wow, what a trade. Um, yeah, but back to the game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that the defense last year was up to the challenge, and they kind of brought it. They just had nothing offensively. And the and the weird thing is the plays were there to be made, and State actually was aggressive on some plays in that game. They just didn't execute. That's kind of the thing. I mean, you've got there's got to be execution with the aggression. You can't just come out and take shots down the field and overshoot receivers, drop passes. That that gets you nowhere. You gotta make those plays. Mm-hmm. And last year we saw, you know, Tula Griffin dropped a, a pass or two. You had some pass passes dropped. I think Ra Ra Thomas might have dropped a pass. It you know, you've got to make the plays when they're there to be made. That's that's the thing. You you will have some windows there 
against Alabama to make plays, the key is making them. Yeah. And if State can't make them, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I would much rather see Mississippi State come out there and take shots and take those chances than just, you know, run the ball on first down, run it again on second down, and then throw it on third and eight. Yes. Yeah, that would drive me insane. If State's throwing the ball down the field, they're doing everything they can do. If they're 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 putting guys in motion and giving a lot of eye candy, and then on the other side of the ball, if they're blitzing, and at the end of the day they just get beat, you you walk away, you feel you feel good about. It. You're like, okay, yeah. they, just, they were just better than the Mississippi State. But when you just go out there and and you're just going through the motions and losing, that, there's nothing worse. So hopefully that's what we'll see Saturday night uh, at Davis Wade Stadium. All right, let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. Guys, this weekend or any weekend, we are still right in the middle of grilling season because I hate to be the one that tells you this. Grilling season is all 12 months. It never is. Yes. It's always grilling season. So I grilled I grilled during that time when the the like the entire storm. state yeah. froze over. So why why wouldn't you? The fire's right. warm. That's so. true. So, this weekend, if you're at home or if you're on campus tailgating, you've got all day to do it. Get some beef on the grill. Your family, your friends, everybody involved, they're going to thank you. So, check out your local uh, grocery stores and butcher shops. Get some red meat. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. Robbie and I ate there yesterday, and guess what? You're not going to believe this. You won't believe it. It was fantastic. Food was outstanding, as it always is. Had some. I had my favorite, the chicken chipotle tacos. Robbie had his favorite, the pork belly tacos. And we we couldn't have been happier. It was just, it was just it was a very like, happy day, like a little girl. It was great. So, if you want to enjoy yourself this weekend, put a trip to Two Brothers on your docket. Head over there to the heart of the Cotton District to enjoy some smoked Southern soul food and to support the Bulldog Initiative at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems. 48 years of delivering it to you. They stay open because they take care of you guys when you buy products from them. If you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you just call them back. You talk to the same people who made you the sale. That's a great, great thing. That's that's what we're talking about doing business locally. That's what it's all about right there. And a lot of times they can save you, solve your problems the same day because they're in Mississippi. Simple as that. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, that's where your next polo or pullover is going to come from. You know, it's only, what, three months to Christmas. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Starting to get a little cool outside. Temperatures next week, the lows are in the low 60s. Time to start looking at those pullovers, those quarter zips. They've got a great selection at the Rogue with the logos that you want maroon white black gray they got a good selection of colors and they've got a fantastic uh, name brands and a great service that comes from one of the south's top men's clothing stores don't live the three-stripe life shop at the road earlier this week i talked with nick alvarez he covers the crimson tide for al.com got his thoughts on this game specifically i wanted to talk to him a little bit about the alabama offensive line which strangely enough, is not the strength for the Crimson Tide this year. So let's get his thoughts now. Nick Alvarez from AL.com. 
Joining me now on the podcast, Nick Alvarez. He covers the Crimson Tide for AL.com. We talked uh, in the offseason about this Alabama team, and, and we really weren't going to be, we weren't too sure what they were going to be. Uh, early in the season, obviously, four weeks in, you know, what is this Alabama team to you thus far? Well, I mean, it's kind of a cop out answer to say I still don't know. I mean, I think part of that's due to the way the season's played out with the Texas loss, um, the weird quarterback change in week three, the reemergence of Jalen Milrow last weekend against Ole Miss. I mean, I still think this is a team that could go on to win the national championship, but as is evidence, like, it could also fall off the tracks really, really, really fast. We looked at you know Mississippi State, the way they've played in the secondary these past couple of weeks. Jaden Daniels, Spencer Rattler, players of the week after playing Mississippi State. And, and State giving these teams a lot of opportunities in the pocket. I mean, Rattler was 18 of 20. Daniels was 30 of 34. Milrow has not been a great passer thus far this season. He's had some big plays, but he hasn't been a consistent passer. I feel like he's going to have opportunities this weekend to throw the football. My question to you is, can he capital? do you think he can capitalize on the chances he's going to get? I think the worst thing a team could do to Jalen Milrow is give him too much time in the pocket. Because while you are right in some of the intermediate routes, there is some of the inconsistency that you know has you questioning him. And you know, that's been a question mark since his two games last season in the SEC, but his deep throws are fantastic. Like they're kind of textbook only where the only where your guy can get them. Um, the one he had Jermaine Burton that set up a touchdown uh, last week was just incredible down the field, kind of leading his receiver back to the middle away from the safety. Um, but in terms of Mississippi state, not generating pressure in the last couple of weeks. I mean, I think they can against the Alabama offensive line. Um, U- USF put up five sacks against Alabama a week after Texas did the same. Ole Miss put up four sacks last week. And USF hadn't had five sacks in a game since they played UConn in 2019. And the Alabama offensive line is dealing with some shakeups right now. Um, Elijah Prisha and Caden Proctor both got reps at left tackle. Saban said he wanted to see both of them play after Caden had, you know, had some typical freshman struggles uh, in the beginning of the season. So, I don't think the offensive line is you know, anywhere near the preseason expectations you know people had for it, certainly the ones I think people around here did. Um, so I think that's, you know, if you want to see an opening for a team, I mean, it starts with you know forcing Jalen to either run, take a couple sacks, which he hasn't been the best at avoiding, or you know try to speed up that process so he can't hit the, you know, the one consistent rounds that he's been able to hit deep down the field. You mentioned that Alabama offensive line, and they have struggled this year. And, and without knowing the names of the players, I know that every one of them was a high four-star, five-star player coming out of high school. So it's not a talent issue. I don't think it's an evaluation issue because we're talking about Nick Saban here. Why hasn't that offensive line clicked, in your opinion? I think that some of the – when we were evaluating them in the, in the beginning of the season, at least from the media standpoint, I think the, the size was the big thing that kind of – excited everyone when you look at this team and Matt Stahl, my B partner at AO.com, you know, put up a story called the Beef Index, which is a great title, and kind of looked at how Alabama literally was bigger on on the offensive line than any other team in the conference, certainly amongst the starters. So when you were kind of looking at it in that aspect, you forget, or at least we maybe didn't look into it enough, that they were replacing a handful of starters that J.C. Latham and Tyler Booker were kind of standouts. Tyler Booker missed that USF game. But, you know, Seth McLaughlin emerged as the center last year. Darian Dahlcourt was pivoting from center to guard 
and had kind of been a backup earlier in his career. Um, and in the left tackle spot, you know, they had no one who had started an SEC game or really significant playing time in the college game at left tackle coming into the year. And they went with the freshman who, you know, was the best in the country, the high school level last year. But, you know, it's obviously a different type of game playing in Iowa to then playing in the SEC. Um, so I think it's a combination of inexperience. Um, I think some of that inexperience has led to just an inability from the coaching standpoint to like get across exotic blitzes. Like Saban said after the South Florida game, that they're that's some of the most exotic pressures they're going to see. South Florida won a game last year. So I, I think it's one of those things where maybe the matchups haven't been favorable, but it's 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 been a concern. And I think the way you fix it is the way it did the last week, which is you know, a little bit more two tight end sets. Um, more kind of extra protection from Melrose. The running backs haven't been perfect. Uh block picking up blitzes by any means, but maybe coaching that up a little bit more. So it's 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 a bit of an interesting problem to have to fix. When you look at what Alabama was able to do last week on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, Ole Miss is a team that, you know, they put up points. They're able to run the football and move it on just about everybody. And Alabama really bottled them up. Ten points, limited that running game. How was Alabama able to effectively slow down that Ole Miss offense? I think on the other side of the ball, Alabama is starting to hit you know, that quote-unquote standard or certainly the expectations they set for themselves. Um, Dallas Turner is starting to emerge. I mean, he had, I say that like he didn't have five pressures the first week of the season, um, but now he's turned those into four and a half sacks, I believe, over the last two games he's played. So he's starting to terrorize offensive lines as he's you know known to do. Um, from the linebacker standpoint, you know, they've had decent play there, but the secondary, I think, has been really kind of a star. Caleb Downs has kind of prevented some of those deep balls thrown behind him. Uh, Malachi Moore continues to kind of be a stud uh, and will probably be drafted next fall or excuse me, next spring. Um, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry is Kool-Aid McKinstry. And then Terry and Arnold has just been kind of a heat-seeking missile as a tackler from the cornerback position. And it's been pretty good in coverage, too. So I think when you bring in that Lane Kiffin offense after two weeks of seeing Sark in Texas and then Alex Golesh, who terrorized Alabama with uh, Heifel in Tennessee last year as their offensive coordinator, you kind of had seen it all to that point. So Kiffin tried some of those same motions, tried some of those delayed releases, and Alabama just kind of you know, had that lockdown. So. When you, we do this podcast every Friday, we, we we talk about an offensive, a defensive player of the game, and then a guy we call the X Factor. Not necessarily a big stat guy for this particular game, but somebody you could see making a big play in the game that makes a difference. If you had to pick an X Factor for Alabama in this game, who would it be? I'm going to go with Jahad Campbell. Uh, go back to that linebacker position. Uh, Deontay Lawson sprained, or, yeah, sprained his ankle and statement said it was a pretty good one uh, against Ole Miss. So while he's you know listed day to day, Alabama's going to be pretty coy about his, his availability. If I had to put money on it right now, I don't think he's going to be able to go this weekend. That's going to leave Alabama obviously without one of its best tacklers, but also without a defensive signifier. So you know defense has been improving. You're going to have someone now in new relaying the plays, regardless of who they come from, whether it's you know Javaris Robinson or Kevin Steele or Nick Saban himself, as Kevin kind of joked about. So. Who's going to be orchestrating that defense? Who's going to be kind of leading it? And then obviously, who's going to be effective enough to, you know, either step up on those runs or get enough depth in coverage? And Campbell would, in my head, I guess, be in line to do that, or, uh, or him or Tresman Marshall. But Campbell had that big hit uh, against Ole Miss. So I'll go with him. 
We've talked about this game this week on the podcast, and, and it's not about wins and losses for Mississippi State playing Alabama. I don't think anybody over here is predicting a Mississippi State victory. It's about being competitive with the Crimson Tide for the first time since 2017. With what you've seen of Alabama and what you know about Mississippi State, do you feel like this game can at least be competitive for four quarters? I mean, USF was, again, keep going back to that game, but I think it was really striking, even more than that Texas game for a lot of people. Like if South Florida could hang and be beating Alabama uh, through halftime, why can't any SEC program, let alone one that, you know, has some talent? Um, um, what's as the ball, as Davis pointed out, like Mississippi State. So, you know, if the offense is clicking and they found something, maybe against Ole Miss, and the defense stays hot, yeah, it's going to be a long day for Bulldogs fans. But, you know, like I said, the offensive line has still not been efficient. That can be that can be a thing that keeps the game close. Um, you know, penalties haven't been perfect. Alabama has had five touchdowns taken off the board the last three weeks um, just because of penalties, which is insane, and they've come in every different aspect of, of, of the game. Um, that keeps the game close, um, prevents a blowout from happening. So, I mean, Will, Will Rogers is a pretty good quarterback, so that would be a fun match to see. So. We'll see what happens uh, Saturday. Davis Wade Stadium. Late night, are you, are you prepared to stay up? You got, you got a couple Red Bulls, a couple monsters you're going to have to, to go with? What's going on there? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of gaming it out. I'm looking at it as kind of a precursor <laughs> to the Iron Bowl, because that'll be in Auburn this yeah. year. So, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, first SEC night game for me. Um, it'll be a good one. I, you know, I'm an old man, Nick. I'm not sure I can. I'm, this is way past my bedtime. I'm, I'm used to <laughs> being way out of out by ten o'clock. We'll see what happens. Nick Alvarez, AL.com. Thanks so much for your time, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right, thanks to Nick. Appreciate his time. Really good stuff. I, I'm going to ask you the same question because you follow recruiting pretty closely. You know that these Alabama offensive linemen are all four star, five star guys, highly recruited, offers from everybody, but they are not clicking as a unit for for some reason. I really don't get. I mean, I understand Milrow having some issues. I understand that they don't. You know, they're not. They haven't found a another Devonte Smith or Jerry Judy type of receiver. But offensive line being bad at Alabama is just not something that my brain easily wraps around. Yeah, you know, and it happens sometimes. I mean, there's they've had some years where they were kind of struggling a little bit, but for the most part, they've been solid year in and year out up front. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when you have five guys up front like that that are all having to be a cohesive unit all it takes is one guy being bad for that unit to kind of fall apart that's one of the toughest like units in all of football to keep together and so you know a a lot of times it's about um playing a lot of games together the continuity and that's probably what they're struggling through right now is just kind of all getting on the same page and it also doesn't help that the quarterback position has been out of whack. Yeah, um, You're used to hearing a certain guy at quarterback calling out the cadences. It does affect play up front. And when you don't have the same guy, when it's a different guy coming in and out, and you have different tendencies for each quarterback, it can hurt what you do up front. So I haven't sat back and really watched film on them. I mean, a guy like Cole Kubik would probably be – better to like get his thoughts of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But there's so many things that could be coming into play. And that's, you know, if I felt more confident about Mississippi State's front, I would think that they could really disrupt this ball that was, game. That was going to be my next question to you, Robbie. Like, do you feel like Pickering and Crumity in that group can take advantage of that? I just don't 
I don't know, man. They haven't proven it yet. I mean, yeah. I feel like Pickering has for the most part. He's coming up on a career high in tackles already. Um, he's probably going to have his career high in sacks at some point this year. So, you know, he's had a really good season so far. Everybody else is just really struggling right now. They they aren't getting the push that they need. And I don't think that it helps that two guys that you expected to be a big part of what you do in the two deep are out in Travion Williams and Calvin Dinkins, who are arguably two of your more um, explosive defensive linemen at their respective positions and talented. Those have been big losses, and you're asking Crumity and Pickering and those guys to play more reps than what you would had those two guys been healthy. Yeah. So that that obviously has not helped, especially late in ball games. It's going to be tough for those guys to be as explosive as they want to be. Yeah. Very interesting matchup because you know prior to the season, if you had told me Alabama's def- offensive line was going to be weak, I would have said, "Wow, that's that's a plus for State with Pickering and Cromedy and that veteran group there." But now I agree with you. I, I just don't know. I just don't know. So, we'll see what happens Saturday night tomorrow. It's it's three P's play, preview playmakers and predictions for Mississippi State, Alabama. Guys, have a great Thursday. Back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.